Well, welcome in to Clearview Live. We're so excited you've joined us. Pastor Jason is here with me again this week, and we are in, I believe, week four of our, our sermon series titled, uh, How Did Jesus? And we've talked through several different topics, Jesus on the Streets, as Pastor Jason has called it. Uh, and this week, uh, we are handling how Jesus handled possessions. And so, Pastor Jason, thanks for joining me today. Talk through a little bit of that, why possessions. We've, we've kind of started there. Just kind of give me the backstory, a little bit of why you felt like uh, this story, Luke 18, with the rich young ruler handling possessions. Why, why was that significant to you? Yeah, I, I think that it's it's one of those things I, I think everybody deals with, it, it, regardless of your socioeconomic status. I mean, one of the first things you ever learn to say when you're a little toddler is mine. Yeah. You know, and and so mine, you know, and you don't you don't want um, I heard this one uh, comedian one time say the, you know, most people's approach to life is gather all you can get a can to stuff all that you have in the can (laughs) and then protect the can, put a lid on the can, then sit on the can so nobody can get to the can, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, I think it's just kind of the way we we are. And it's nothing wrong with possessions at all. Possessions aren't a bad thing, not by any means, but I I don't know anyone that doesn't struggle with uh, fear of not having, uh, not having, Provision. You know, I even think I mentioned that that you know I do need money. I yeah. do. I do Certain need provisions. I, I, yeah, and I, I do. I do need. You don't want to be dependent. On and I don't want to be dependent. Yeah. You know, so the, it is a. It's not that Jesus wants us to be homeless. He certainly didn't, and he didn't. He's not asking us to be a mooch either. So it, it's a real tension. Yeah, and so yeah. you, you kind of talked through. You used, as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, the passage in Luke. Uh, did dealt with a rich young ruler, and it's kind of a so you you laid these possibilities. It, it's a peculiar wording. It says that after this conversation, he went away sad, which I thought was yeah. kind of just in my um, thoughts, just a really unique word to be used. Right, they went away sad, not mad, not angry, but sad, and downhearted. Yeah, and you said there were really maybe three possibilities that went through his mind that it would create this sadness. And the first one you said, he didn't believe Jesus. Like, like as what would make him... Yeah, what, why the, was the, it The issue was the thing that, that really messed with my head, uh, you know, when you're in study and prep for these things, you, I've always taken more of a, almost a method actor approaching, approach to these things. I, it seems to be that it opens up my brain, especially when you get to a story. like an, even It's an Old Testament story or a New Testament story. If you're in one of Paul's letters, you really can't do that. But Jesus mainly spoke in parables and, and stories for the most part. And not, not 100%, of course, but... but Anytime you're in a story, I'll tell you, it, it, it will really open up your mind studying the Scriptures if you put yourself in that person's shoes and give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, actually try to go, wait a minute. Because it, it's really easy to look at the rich young ruler and go, oh, what a jerk. You know, look at all the things he did wrong. I mean, this is a real guy. In fact, he was a really good guy. He was not a bad guy. In, in fact, he was a morally upright model citizen, so he was not a bad person at all. And, and so I really try to put myself in his position and go, you know, wow, th- this guy actually was looking for eternal life. He legitimately wanted eternal life, and he comes up to Jesus asking about eternal life, and Jesus tells him how to get it, and he's like, I, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. On well, your proof about him being morally upright, I think it's a great point because— he was shocked at how far away he was from 
This, beginning eternal life. Yeah. He, he really thought this was going to be a breeze, and then Jesus yeah. explains In it. fact, I think he already thought he had it. Yeah, and so that's why he that explains the sadness. Like, yeah. Gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere. And I'm not willing to do. Right. And that was the thing. So I thought, I, I said either A, he didn't believe Jesus, meaning like, I don't believe that's true. Right. I mean, it's, it is possible to, to say no to God. People do it all the time. Second, maybe he thought it wouldn't work. If I actually do sell my possessions and give it to the poor, maybe it's not going to work. I don't know. Or three, I think, was the real issue, and that was somewhere in his life there was a different loyalty. He, he Something else owned that guy. And you said it that way. I think you said something like self-dependence leads to self-destruction. When we are dependent upon ourselves and what we can produce for ourselves, it leads to self-destruction. So my question to that point is, in a world where independence, where self-sufficiency, where self-promotion is the norm, and, and that's just kind of the way of the world, uh, how do we fight that kind of countercultural battle uh, of surrender and dependence? What are some steps that maybe you've taken before to try to deny and, and, and cling to the Lord? What, what, what does that look like? How do we fight and, and kind of swim upstream in that way? Yeah, it's very, it's very non-American. And, you know, we're a great country, but... We're told from the time we're little, you know, that, that um, if you can dream it, you can do it, uh, that you should make your own way, that you shouldn't be dependent on anybody. And, and all of those are good standards. But the truth of the matter is we all are dependent on, on, on something, and, and we are far more dependent than we think we are. You know, try... Try if you're so independent. Try getting cancer and dealing with that on your own. If you want to get healed from cancer medically, you're going to need people. We we are made for one another, and, I, and I've said that a lot. In in if you look at Adam, just the way my mind works, if if we were not meant to be dependent, then when God made Adam, He would have stopped making people, and He didn't. So we we this guy, I think. It was counterculture, and when I said self-destruction, self-dependence leads to self-destruction, I really do get a sense when I put myself in this guy's character of the drama, I get a sense that, that it was God was his partner, that it was me and God. And and that's most that's where most people live, Graham. Yeah, I'll use what I have, and God will use what He has. And yes, we'll or with God's me. help. Right. I, I'll, every time I hear that phrase, "with God's help," I, 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 in my in my heart breaks because I'm like, no. If if you're thinking you need God's help, really your motives messed up because basically what you're saying is, I'm going to do this anyway, and I hope God let, uh, just blesses right. it. So, yeah. yeah, and and so what he was the reason he 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 this guy chose hell was he wasn't willing to let anybody rule his life. And that's the issue. He was not willing to align himself under God's domain. Yeah, yeah so when you said, you said this kind of to that point about the, something else ruling your life, uh, and, and you said, Jesus, I want to get it right, he said something like, Jesus didn't say I couldn't own possessions, but that my possessions shouldn't own me. Yes. And that that's to your point, I think what you just said a moment ago, that something else is ruling my life. And so uh, very practically, how do I know when I'm owned? 
Hmm. What does that it's a look like where all of a sudden, you know, like yeah. I think that, that doesn't happen overnight. I think we kind of creep into being owned by something else. We creep else. into discovering it, yeah, too. Exactly. And so yeah. what are some indicators of man, something else owns my time, my money, my mm-hmm. whatever it may be? Yeah, because in, for some people, it's not money. You know, some people really are kind of free from money. Yeah. They they it's, it's not, you know, th- this. Um, in fact, when I made that statement in my notes in my study time, it's not that I, it's not that God doesn't want me to own possessions. He doesn't want possessions to own me. I remember thinking, you know, that's really the sermon. So I could probably walk up, read the story, say that, and, and then pray. Yeah. I mean, because that's that's the take home. And, and and for some people, it's not money. For some people, it's it's a, a title or a status. For some people, it's it's their looks. Their looks own them. You know. Uh, and, and listen, we all have things that have far more title to the property of our souls than we're willing to admit. And I know that I do. And I'm not saying that with false humility. I mean, I really do. And and, and so I, I would say the first place that I would look to find out is what do you worry about the most? What can change your mood in a second? Like if this, if, if fill in the blank, if this gets threatened, I'm off the rails. Yeah. I'm off. For some people, it's their kids. You know, for some people, if you let their kids, if they feel like their kids are missing an opportunity, they will find their way into the principal's office or the coach's office so fast because they're panicked that their 12 year old or their 18 year old or their 15 year old isn't they're going to get slided yeah there's some sort of something they're, they're not able to they're, and so it's going to set them back yeah. or, or for some people it is their retirement they watch it daily you know i would say the first thing is is watch your look at what you're afraid of whatever Whatever causes you immediate anxiety, that right there, I would go so far as to say that that's an idol. It is. Because idols control your mood. Mm -hmm. Idols keep you coming to the well for water. They overpromise and they underdeliver, but they make you come back. Yeah. And yeah, so to that point, you said something. Uh, in some sort of, I guess, maybe self-diagnosis would be the right way to put that. How do, I, how do I kind of look introspectively? And you said in order to find that, when you when you look at the way that you pray, mm-hmm. and you kind of went into where my toes got stepped on a little bit and uh, just trying to figure out kind of what am I afraid of. What you got I, big feet, I, so that's, still, that's, no, a, that's a big thing. That's, that's true. Somebody said, I remember one time, uh, it was a great quote, uh, when something in Scripture steps on my toes, I need to ask the question, what were my feet doing there? Like, oh, that's, that's awful. I, I hate that. that I hate yeah. that. That's a great. So, what were you standing gotta, over there for the first yeah, place? I got to pick Dummy? up my phone of the quote. I that's think, so but, great. Uh, but you, you tied that into if you see God. As Do you listen the, to how you pray? The, yeah, you're listening to how you pray. And if you begin to see God as the generator of the revenue stream mm-hmm. and of everything that you have in your possessions, your, mm-hmm. your finances, whatever it may be, then it becomes much easier to give God something back that he owned in the first place. Yeah. The way, the way, the way I, 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 I look at it, yes, you did a little yeah, bit, sure. but it's a, no, I'm it wasn't just, my sermon. Yeah, so. It wasn't your sermon. Yeah. yeah responsible. Um, I, I would say like this, if you listen to how people pray, and this isn't me being judgmental at all. I mean, it's me being honest. We live in a society now where, my gosh, if any honest feedback at all, you're just a hater. 
you know, and that's not what I'm doing at all. I'm just saying, and, I, and I'm, and I should, I need to preface something. This I'm not saying you should listen to how people pray and evaluate whether or not they're they have a name for that. It's called Pharisee, yeah. and and uh, don't be one of those people. Uh, he he, he picked guys. fights with those yeah. guys all the time. No, no, what I'm saying is, listen to how you pray, and just listen to how we pray as a Christian culture. What we often say to God is things like, "God, thank you for being the chief provider." God, thank you that all good things come from you. God, so in other words, if you listen to how we pray, we are very, um, we're very much willing to brag on God for being, for being all things and sovereign. Okay, so let's start with that. So if he, if if all good things come from him, which the scriptures testify that they do. Then why do we ha- then when God tells us that we that we are to give ten percent of our income back to Him? Why is that so hard? And I think the reason it's so hard is because there's a gap between what we say we believe and what we actually believe. And 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 here's why: most of this is based out of fear. You know, I don't think most people are greedy. I, I don't. I think we have greedy tendencies. Yeah. But I don't think most people are greedy. No, I don't think they are. Because, too, I mean, gosh, even at our church, man, people give. It is, it's neat. Um, that's not the issue. I think what happens is if, if we are really afraid that if we trust God to, to do what he to give 10% of my income, that somehow, some way, I'm going to not be able to make ends meet. Yeah. And, 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 and I'll tell you, it's a legitimate fear. However, if we believe in a God that is fully sovereign, in other words, if, if, if God is not cash deficient, if he's not trying to have a, 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 an eternal yard sale to make a little extra money to, to fund you know, some or- orphanages in a destitute country, if that's his problem and he's looking for us to be the revenue stream, well, then he's got real issues. And we know he doesn't need a thing. God is not needy for anything. Okay, so if God is not needy for anything, and yet he constantly, Old to New Testament, one of the most dominant themes is money, then why in the world is he doing that? Because he knows it's this rich young ruler. It's this guy that cannot seem to reconcile trust. And so... When when you say God's in control, and yet you don't, so if if here's here's the way I couched it up, it's easy to give God ten percent of my income when I really do believe that it came from Him to begin with. If I give Graham Inman, you know, you have a set of golf clubs. I think they're tailor made, right? It's easy for me to give you back your nine iron. It was yours if I right. took it, yeah. right? Not a problem. But to give you my Ping answer from 1988 that my dad bought me. Well, that's mine to give. Right. It costs you something. It costs me something if I think it's mine. So the reason that we struggle to give the Lord and honor him with our possessions is because I really do wonder if we actually believe that he generates the revenue. Because if we do, if if we do believe he generates all the income, and yet we don't want to honor him, then we are greedy, right. and we do have an idol. Right. And that makes us an idolater, yeah. and that's a big problem. And you mentioned that, too. You know, you kind of, I think, landed the plane 
uh, with you know the the rich young ruler story is actually really a metaphor, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it kind of ties it all back into the main question, which I, uh, you mentioned it in the kind of three possibilities uh, at the beginning, which is do do I really believe that God is who He says He is, mm-hmm. and that He can do what He says He can do? And then one of the things yeah. for me, I think, growing up in teenage years and all that, that um, I struggled with. I never doubted God's ability. Um, to provide, I just sometimes I would struggle in the doubt that he actually would. His timing, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't his timing. Of, yeah. Can he? I would never say God can't do something. Sure. But the question is, will he? Will so, he? I think you're, you're what you're saying. It, it speaks directly to that. Is uh, a that's not up to me. I live mm-hmm. in a kingdom, not my own. Uh, but beyond that, it's also like I, I believe that God who loves me. He loves and me. And there's a there's a cross that says so. And so uh, it goes as easily back to Jesus loves me, this I know, right? It really circles back around. And so, you know, I, I was, it made me think of something just now that, um, that uh, Steve Jobs said many, many, many years ago in an interview. He talked about uh, taking risks. And he said, if you're not willing to take risks, and he didn't mean be uh, impulsive and be sloppy. Right. He wasn't talking about that. No, he wasn't talking about irresponsibility. But he said, if you're not willing to take risks, well, then you're really just never going to go very far in life. Hmm. He said, you're just not. And and he said, it doesn't make you a bad person. It's just it. If you're not willing to take risks, you're just not going to go very far. And I, I would say this when it comes to trusting God. And this is something that I have, I mean, even even recently in the last few months of of my own life, trusting God with my boys or trusting God with our future, and it, it just never goes away. You would think at the age of 47 with a master's and a doctorate in theological realms, you would think this would not be hard for me, right? right? But it is because I, I'm a human, and, and so... I think that my I have told the Lord over and over, I don't want to be a spiritual pygmy. I don't want to be somebody that's 55 and cannot, and I'm still wrestling with, is God going to do it? Mm, yeah. I mean, what has he got to do? You know, he 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 not only makes the heavens and the earth and the earth, he make this this is and I'm telling you, Graham, this is hard. It's hard. It's really hard. And I'm saying this. It's hard for. I'm not saying this to make anybody on the other end of that camera feel better. Um, I'm telling you, it's hard for every honest Christian. This God, we believe in a God that can make the sunrise, and we praise Him for it. Right. It is way harder to make the sunrise than it is to pay my electric bill. Right. Right, yeah. he's, I mean, he's got bigger stuff he's taking care of. Before. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm honestly going, what is wrong with me? Yeah, what, what is it that I can look at the sun and go, look at that? Mm. I can look at a newborn baby and go, look at that. It all, all the parts work, yeah. you know. And then yet I look at a statement I get in the mail or a vehicle you had to buy and go, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. I hate that about myself. And, and I'm. That, I'm that, that question of what part of this do I think God can't handle? Yeah. Like, let me put my finger on the part that I think yeah. it's going to be too big for Him, and, and then you realize you can't. You can't, and He's constantly calling me out. I just don't want to be that guy that for the rest of my life I walked in fear. And I'm telling you, the guy, the rich young ruler, walked away sad because he was afraid. Mm-hmm. If I actually give God what He told me to. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't. 
and so you gotta you gotta come to grips with that. Mm. Well, I think that's all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for for kind of diving in a little bit deeper with me, and we appreciate you watching, listening, however you're you're receiving this. And uh, we will uh, join you again next week, Pastor Jason. You got any last words? Yeah, I would just say never forget that you know these things. You, you, we often hear us say you don't think about digital as missions but it is if you have people that you can share this with email it to a friend or text it to a friend that you know is struggling to trust god with their money or post it on your facebook feed or post it on twitter or email whatever it really you you'd be so amazed at, at how far that can go to reach somebody yeah, I also apologize for asking you if you had any last words. Like that was a threatening question. <laughs> any uh, last never words? ask a preacher that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. But hey, thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. 